You're listening to the Be a Better Lawyer podcast with Dina Cataldo, episode 191. So how do high achieving lawyers break through generations of being taught that we have to grind ourselves into the ground to get results for clients, build a successful business and create a life we love? While law schools are busy teaching the rule of law, they're slacking on teaching us how to be a better human to create for ourselves the success we thought we'd achieve after law school. This podcast bridges the gap between law school and life. Hello, hello. How are you doing today? I hope you are having a beautiful week. I am looking out my window where I am recording my podcast out of my bedroom where I overlook my beautiful garden and I'm watching all of the little birdies just have breakfast. It's fabulous. It's something I'm really into. I don't know why. It's I love nature, but it's just so fascinating. Like bird watching, I totally get it why people do this whole bird watching thing. I totally get it now. I've been posting video of it on Instagram. If you're not following me there, go to at uh, dina.cataldo on Instagram and you will find these in the stories every so often. They are so much fun, but I do more than that there. If you're already there, you know that I post some of my best contact content there. It's got mindset work, you start to learn what you need to apply practically in your practice. You really get this ingrained in your brain when you start repeating it over and over and over again. So go to Instagram at dina.cataldo, follow me there, and go into my stories. Okay, so this has been the theme of some of my coaching calls lately. Worry, worrying at work. Right now, if you felt worried that you're not able to get it all done, you are in good company. I want to share with you some things that will help you get out of worry and start feeling more at peace in your practice and create momentum so that you can get more done, more accomplished, more action towards your goals. I want you to think about productivity as a blazing hot fire and worry as a huge bucket of ice water dousing that fire out. When we worry, we are not making decisions, and decisions are what produce results. But instead, when we worry, we spin out, we procrastinate, we ruminate. We're not making decisions that we need to make to get the momentum that we need to take actions that will make um, an impact. So in this episode, I want to show you how to move into decisiveness. I'm going to give you the steps so that you move from worry to decisiveness with anything. And I'm also going to apply it specifically to your calendar because that's where I see this come up a lot. And the calendar is such an amazing tool to manage your mind. And that's why I use it. Um, I go to dinacataldo.com forward slash busy lawyer and you will get the framework that I use that I teach my clients. That is something that is foundational to use if you want to manage your brain around time. Okay, I want to preface this episode like I do a lot of episodes where I talk about any kind of emotion. Have so much compassion for yourself when you listen to this episode. It's so easy for us to be upset with ourselves because we're not getting the result that we want. It's harder to love everything about ourselves 
even the worried parts. The worry is there to show us something. Our nervous system developed worry as a way to protect us at one point in our life. And at some point, it was really helpful. Okay, maybe you're like me, where you grew up in a household where you felt like you had to walk on eggshells. And so the worry was there to keep you on alert so you'd be safe. So now it's a matter of understanding the worry you feel when it comes to work, when it comes to your goals. It followed you here, the worry did, like a a puppy thinking it needed to be here, thinking it needed to protect you. So the worry had a purpose and now the work is loving ourselves completely, worried parts and all, and then seeing that there's a better way. All right, this is really important. And I know that, you know, it sounds like a lot of fluff, like, oh, when she talks about emotions, whatever, just tell me the tools. I want the step by step. But I'm telling you, like, that's why my clients see the most amazing results is because I help them get in touch with themselves and how they feel. Okay, like the feeling is there for a reason. It is a guidepost within our body to tell us if we are headed north, due north in our compass, or if we were going in the opposite direction of where we want to go. We wouldn't have emotions in our body if we weren't meant to have them. Now we've been so unpracticed in intentionally using them that we've got to repractice them. We've got to reconnect with ourselves. So if you're listening to this and your brain's like, no, I don't need to hear all of that. I want to tell you, no, you need to hear it more. (laughs) So like really listen in. All right. So how do you know you're worrying? Now, you probably recognize you're worrying because you feel stress in your body, maybe some tension in your shoulders. But here's some other ways to know that you are worrying. You ruminate on something or multiple somethings on your to-do list. You write out a to-do list and you don't know where to start. You do anything but what needs to be prioritized. So doing these things feels really productive, but it's not clearing your mind of the rumination on those other things. You feel guilty because you're not doing what you tell yourself should be getting done. You put off decisions or put off conversations with your assistant or associates about a system in your practice. You tell yourself you need to do other things before you do that thing you've been ruminating on but it's not really necessary. So for instance, you tell yourself you should decide how to organize your files before you tell your assistant how you want them organized. The purpose of having an assistant is so your assistant can organize them for you. If you want them done alphabetically and by practice area, make that decision and then tell your assistant that, right? Like that's simple. But what our brain wants to do is complicate it. That's a signal that you are worrying, right? So these are all symptoms of a worried nervous system. Our nervous system controls our body, how it feels, how it moves, and our automatic responses to the world around us. It responds to what we think. Our thoughts create the feelings our nervous system experiences. So when we think a thought enough times, the thought becomes a habit that sinks into our subconscious, but so does the feeling that it creates. So when a thought becomes a habit, meaning it feels normal and 100% true, our subconscious not only ingrains the thought in our brain, but our nervous system ingrains the feeling that the thought creates in our bodies. And that's why it can feel so hard to change a habit. The thoughts and the feelings we have about something, whether it's work, 
exercise, food, relationships, they have been memorized and ingrained in our subconscious mind and in our nervous system. We've practiced thinking certain thoughts and feelings that come with them so much that they feel like home and they feel easy. The first time you drove a car, it may have been difficult, but the more you practiced, the easier it became. Pretty soon your body took over for your mind and you could drive across town and not pay attention to when you put your foot on the brake, turned, sped up, slowed down. Once we practiced thinking about how to drive over and over, then our bodies took over the motions. They were linked, our thoughts were linked with our body. We didn't have to think consciously about driving anymore. Everything was relegated to our subconscious. It feels really easy to drive a car now because our nervous system is really practiced at it. If you're listening to this, you may think that worry is not a choice, but I promise you it is. And as someone who defaults to worry, my body defaults to worry, I promise you that every time you feel it, you can shift it. Okay, that's a really good thing that we notice this. It means we can change it. You don't have to feel worry. It's an option. And I'm going to offer to you that worry is the opposite of being decisive. Take a moment and ask yourself what worry feels like in your body. For me, I feel tension in the center of my torso. My stomach feels nauseous. My shoulders tighten and I notice my breath gets shallow. Can you feel that in your body right now? It's a gripping sensation and our bodies close down, okay? And just like, like I want you to think about worry as a vice holding on to something tight. The more you focus on thoughts creating worry, the tighter the vice gets. Those thoughts might be something like, I need to catch up. I feel behind. I don't know where to start. This needs to get done. I can't do this. Just notice that those are all just thoughts, but they might feel 100% true because you are practiced at thinking them. They've become a habit. They've been linked in your nervous system to the feelings that you get when you think them. Now think about what it feels like in your body when you are decisive, because I guarantee you there are times in your life when you are decisive. When you are, you can breathe deep. Your body feels calm, grounded, your shoulders open up. And when we make decisions, we're thinking thoughts that might look like, I know what to do. I know what I want. This will work. I can do this. These thoughts are the opposite of what creates worry. Do you notice that? Now, you can't move from worry to decisiveness by simply changing the thought, like deleting the old worry thought. That's not how it works, okay? That's just not how our nervous system works. That's not how our subconscious brain works. What we have to do is we've got to calm the nervous system first before it can learn something new. That's why willpower doesn't last. It's exhausting on the nervous system. Our brain is using a lot of brain power to try to will us through whatever it is we want to get, right? Let me give you an example of this. Years ago, I took a motorcycle class because I wanted to learn how to ride. What I didn't know is that everyone else in this class had already been on a motorcycle before, and I was about four inches shorter than everyone else in the class. My feet didn't touch the ground at all with the smallest bike that they had available. 
The instructor wasn't able to show me the kind of attention I needed and I was trying to keep up with everyone else's experience level. And meanwhile, my whole body felt tense because I had a fear of falling over and I didn't know where all the gears were. I kept stalling out. It felt, it felt, it felt horrible, okay? And I was really embarrassed. My nervous system was not going to learn how to ride a motorcycle in that environment. I wasn't going to be able to willpower myself through that class, which is what I was trying to do. I needed things broken down for me. I needed a different environment. I needed an environment where I felt safe, like I could ask questions, like I could be myself, like it was okay if I didn't know things, like the people understood me and what I was feeling. That is not what I felt in that motorcycle class. So the work here, when you are moving from any emotion like worry to decisiveness in this instance, the work is to create an environment for yourself to move out of worry and really hold, and really break the hold that it has over your nervous system. So you can do this on your own. I work with my clients on this. Like this is something that takes practice. Don't underestimate this part this part where you are creating a safe space for yourself to create change. We need to feel safe to change. Right now, worry may feel really safe, really necessary. It's been there so long, it feels like a warm blanket on a cold night. So I want you to really see that creating this safe space, knowing that it's okay to feel worry, that everything's going to be okay, that you're going to figure it out is incredibly important, okay? That's the container we're working from here. What I want to show you next is how to move from worry to decisiveness, knowing that this is a practice, knowing that it's okay if you repeat this a thousand or more times. If you've been living in worry for 30, 40, 50 years, of course this is going to be a practice you do forever and that's okay. The reward is momentum towards what you want. And that's what I do is like I set a goal and of course my brain's going to worry. I just know my brain's going to go there and I know it's okay. I just work through it. I do my coaching. I get coaching from my coach. I do my self-coaching. It's like, okay, I, I can do this, right? So here are some steps you can work through to start making this transition. So first, notice the worry. Now that you know how it feels in your body, you have a signal that you are worrying instead of making decisions. That's all it is, is it's a nice little way of knowing that you are in worry. Second, sit with the worry. Feel it, breathe it in, know that it's okay. Say hi to it, like really make friends with it. This is the hardest part because we want to judge ourselves. We want to tell ourselves that we're bad for worrying, that we should be more decisive. If you notice your brain wanting to go there, stop it. (laughs) Just notice that You are okay. It's okay to feel worry. There's nothing wrong with you. You're fine. Okay. The third step, if you can, identify the thought that's creating the worry. And that can be helpful as another signal. So you notice when that thought pops up again, you can use that as another way to see that your nervous system is defaulting to worry. And you can come back to this practice that we're doing right now. Four, remind yourself that this is normal, this feeling of worry, this whole process that you're working through, you're okay. Now, I really like this. um, Putting your hands on your heart is a really nice way to break the routine of the nervous system. It calms it down. 
it's calming. Like when you put your hand on someone's shoulder, physical touch can really slow down the nervous system so you're not feeling that worry so strongly. It can also, it'll just be another part of retraining your nervous system. Number five, ask yourself what decisions do you want to make right now? What is top of mind for you? What is really, do you believe, creating the worry? It's always our thoughts, but our first reaction is to think something like, well, the stack of papers in my inbox is causing the worry. So just notice what your brain is thinking. What decisions do you need to make right now about that inbox? Number six, if your brain offers you, I don't know when you ask what decisions you want to make right now, don't accept that. Ask yourself, okay, if I knew what's one decision I want to make right now, it could be that you decide you don't have to do the things that are on your mind this week. It can be to decide to say no to a new board position. Like Just notice if your brain's offering you, I don't know, do not accept that. It has the information in your brain. Just keep asking it questions like, okay, well, what's the next step? So this practice that I just went through will help you shift out of worry. Practice this every time you notice worry in your body. Now, let me show you what I worked through with a client on her calendar, since that's where I see this come up a lot with lawyers. To implement some of this, you're going to want to download the Busy Lawyers Guide I mentioned. You can download that at dinacataldo.com forward slash busy lawyer. That's going to give you the structure I teach my clients so they can have a framework for their calendars. And they can tweak it as necessary, but it is a great place to start, especially if you notice you've been avoiding doing a calendar. If you've been thinking about your calendar like, oh, this is going to be too hard. It's really boring. I'll get more done if I just jump in. If you notice your brain doing that, you definitely need to download this guide. With my clients, we have more time to do this and they get a really felt sense of what is happening in their body and how it is impacting how they're showing up in their practice. What I'm going to give you right now is an outline. It's like a thumbnail of what we did together. So that way you have an idea of how you can work on yourself. You can self-coach yourself. You can Find help, like definitely get a coach. If you haven't gotten a coach already, this is the work that we do that will help you create the momentum that you need in your business. And I felt this so clearly, like it was so easy to see with my client because when she came into the call, she was totally stuck. She didn't know where to move from because she had come off of two weeks of not being able to do the work that she had wanted to do. And then she came back into the office and she saw that there were still things happening in her office, right? You still have work coming in. You still have client matters. You still have goals and all of those things. And so it was very easy for her to believe that she was behind, right? It was very easy for her to believe that she needed to be working harder. And so what we did is we just calmed it all down using these steps I'm going to walk you through. And then she could make decisions about her practice in a very like surgical way. And that way she was using her time effectively. She was using her brain to make the most impactful decisions on her practice instead of ruminating, which is what she was doing prior to the call that we had this week. So very first thing we did is we started to look at, okay, well, what are you feeling? Hey, that's that's step one. Like what's going on? Like how are you feeling today? 
Well, she was feeling worried. Okay, notice if this is happening in your body, if you're feeling worry, whatever it is, right? You've got to identify it before you can do anything about it. The second thing I did is not just name it, but really find what it felt like in her body. So that way, when I'm not around, she can see that it's a feeling being caused by a thought and she knows exactly what it is, right? She's not baffled when it happens. We've done this. We've practiced this in session before. She can then use this practice herself. So third, we identified what was creating the worry. So she had a thought that she needed to catch up. So we saw that worry was coming from a thought she was repeating over and over, which is that she needed to catch up. And another way of thinking about this is that she was behind, right? Like a lot of my clients come to me and they think they're behind. It's just another flavor of that thought. And that's another signal that she can use like when she is experiencing the ruminations, procrastination, whatever it is, she knows, oh, it's coming from a thought I'm having. What is that thought? Oh, I'm having the thought that I need to catch up. I know that that creates worry. It's something we've practiced in session, so that way she can practice this on her own. So number four, we got really specific about what her brain was telling her she needed to worry about. Remember, Worry was necessary at some point in our lives. It doesn't mean it's very useful for us now, but it came to us as a tool initially in order to feel safe. So looking at this, like looking at it as if, okay, what what is my brain telling me I need to worry about? Then we can start looking at the facts. It turned out there were four particular matters, as well as training her assistant and hiring a housekeeper that were all top of mind, right? Those were the things that her brain was really telling her it should be worried about, but it wasn't taking action on it because she was worrying, ruminating, procrastinating, doing all of the things instead of focusing on those those three uh, specific items that were going to be the most impactful to making her life easier. Now, you can do this for yourself by asking yourself, what is top of mind for me right now? What's what's going on right now? Why is my why am I worrying right now? What's my brain telling me I need to be doing? And just start this out with one item at a time so your brain doesn't get overwhelmed. Number five, for each individual item, I asked her how long it was going to take her to complete them. So for instance, for training her assistant, she needed to create the outline, actually just write out the outline because we had worked in session about this, but she had to complete the outline, write it out so that she could then show her assistant. So there was two parts. One, Type out the outline, two, show her assistant, and really three, put it on the calendar. So how long was all of that going to take? Well, she could calendar it right now, which she did, and then she could just take an hour for the outline and 30 minutes for the training. That was all she needed to do, right? But she she spent a lot of time in rumination when it could just be that simple. And remember, don't beat yourself up on it. It's just a habit of the nervous system. It's a habit of the brain working with the nervous system, creating this result over and over again. What you're working on right now is just starting to release that habit so that you can start recognizing like, oh, it's it's not really helping me. Let's look at where I need to be making decisions. So once she did each individual item and she got how long it was going to take, 
Then six, I asked her what decisions she wanted to make about those items, right? She made decisions about where she wanted to block time on her calendar for them, when she wanted to contact her assistant about this, like did she want to make these priorities in her life? And of course she did because her brain had been thinking about them so often she wanted to prioritize them, but she couldn't get into action because the worry was stopping her. Okay, so once she placed these on the calendar, then it wasn't a problem. Like everything was released. Like it's so amazing what we can do when we manage our mind in this way. And another thing, like one of the things she did was she had a two-part thing, right? So part one for the assistant was do the outline. Part two was train the assistant. Put them both on the calendar at the same time. That way you have committed 100%. You've got to get the outline done. So that way when Monday rolls around, you can train your assistant because it's on calendar, okay? And block that time out so that your assistant isn't putting time on the calendar to do something else, right? It makes so much sense when you hear it that way, but it all comes down to the habits that we've created and our nervous system. So don't beat yourself up. This is just part of the process, okay? I can't stress how important it is that you create a calendar though. The more you practice it, the better you get at it. It's just like driving a car, calming your nervous system or any other habit. Download the Busy Lawyer's Guide to get a framework that's going to help you with this. Go to dinacataldo.com forward slash busy lawyer to get the guide. One of the funny things about worry being a habit of the nervous system is that when you don't have anything to worry about, your brain looks for things to worry about. We get so used to feeling worry that it becomes our normal. And when we don't feel worried, our nervous system thinks something has gone wrong. So it looks for things to worry about. It starts to wonder if something has gone wrong. Know that that is normal. I went through this too. When I see myself doing more productive work and feeling really good about it and taking time off, my brain wants to tell me something's gone wrong, <laughs> right? It looks for things to fret over. And so I just repeat this process and I, I just look at it and say, okay, it's not a problem. Like I decided exactly what work I wanted to get done and now it's my time to take time off. Worry pretends to be important. Eckhart Tolle said that. It's not really productive though, but it feels normal and like we're doing something, like we're getting ready to do something. And when we stay in that perpetual state of worry, getting ready to do something, we not only deteriorate the health of our nervous system, but we also neglect making the most important decisions that will move our business and our life forward. If you see any of yourself in this episode and you know you're ready to make powerful decisions for your life, let's talk. I work with lawyers who are ready to up-level their lives. They know they want change, and they know they are capable of change, and they want help to make it happen even faster. It's like like me. I know I could ride a motorcycle, but I didn't have the environment I needed to show me how. I needed to be in an environment where I felt safe, where I felt like I was being taught something, where I felt like I could make mistakes and it was okay. I didn't feel any of that there. And so that's the container that I like to create for my clients so that they know it's okay to make mistakes. And when you do, when you feel comfortable doing that, 
you make change happen even faster. You learn more. You are able to be more productive in your life. You're able to take your life in directions you didn't know were possible because you have that environment. So if this sounds like you, you can book a call with me at dinacataldo.com forward slash strategy session. Working with me is like stoking the blazing fire in your soul, right? You're more productive, yes, but really you also feel more alive. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your week. This has been a lot of fun to talk to you about. This is something that shows up in so many of our lives, and I know it definitely shows up in my life. So I hope that these tools have helped you today, and I look forward to talking to you next week. All right, my friend. Talk to you then. Bye. Bye.